after a short pause on Tuesday for the commemoration of our nation's independence as we head 4th of July 2023. Tuesday, we were off the air. We're back here on this Wednesday edition of Y'all. John Rawl is your red, white, and blue host every day of the year. I probably have one of those three colors on just about every day, and I bet you you do as well. But I'll tell you what, we can all just bask in the glory of being not only a great Americans, but great Southerners here, as we do on this show each time we get together. Our website is y'all.com. It is the South's homepage, Y-A-L-L.com. We got great stories and more posted there, and we put up this y'all show each and every day at y'all.com, too, so you can go back and reference any portion of the show in our podcast form. Our podcasts are also available for free download in a couple of different national apps. If you have these on your phone, put it on there. Maybe put it on your iPad. You can find the Y'all Show podcast at Spotify. We're also on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, and we're in Apple Podcasts and iTunes. All of them, you just search Y'all Show, and we're right there and you can get this thing automatically set to come to your device each day that we have a new program available. If you would like to be involved, we would certainly, certainly appreciate that. The way to do that is we have a, a number you can text 24 hours a day, 615-208-4184, 615-208-4184. It's the way to get in touch with all of us here at The Y'all Show, and we would love to to hear from you we're going to walk through the headlines here today of what's going on across the south and of course one of the big stories here in the last week to two weeks has been the heat and a new story posted today indicates that it's not just the america or the south that's sweltering with heat this is happening around the whole world maybe there is something to this global warming thing huh? we'll talk about it in our headlines today on the y'all show plus have you heard about the cocaine that was evidently found at the White House? Where's Hunter? <laughs> we'll talk about that here in our headlines of today's Y'all Show. A sad story out of South Carolina. A 69-year-old woman has been killed in an alligator attack on Hilton Head Island. I'll give you the information about that death in South Carolina. Plus, in the state of Tennessee, Bolivar has had three deaths on 4th of July. They had three deaths, I think, just on the 4th of July morning, and these were two different shootings in the town of Bolivar and Hardeman County. I'll find out what's going on in that portion of West Tennessee as I'll tell you about it in our headlines of today's Y'all Show. Plus, did you hear about the race that was held over the weekend in Atlanta? It was the Peachtree Road Race, and this lady, I think she might have been an African long-distance runner, was the expected favorite. She was right at the finish line, and she took a wrong turn. <laughs> she took a wrong turn. She followed a motorcycle cop as he was getting off the road race, probably within a quarter of a mile where the finish line was. And this racer ended up finishing third. Cost her several thousand dollars. That would be a tough one to stomach. Speaking of stomach, can you swallow the world's largest key lime pie? You had a chance to do it on July 3rd because that was the 200th birthday of the Florida Keys and the city of Key West made the world's largest key lime pie and uh, I'll tell you more about the specifics. Where was Joey Chestnut? He should have been at Key West. Congratulations to that fellow. He won another hot dog eating contest 
on the 4th of July. But we'll tell you about the big key lime pie in Key West and our headlines today. They, they actually, speaking of Joey Chestnut, they even had a key lime eating contest down in Key West. And I say down because I would assume for 99.999% of all of us listening to me today, Key West is geographically south of us. I'm pretty darn sure. <laughs> but we want to say hello to all of our South American listeners. We do have people all over the world that listen to the show. So, yeah, you're, you'll be looking up at Key West. And you probably have never heard of Key Lime Pie if you're south of the border. That would be the American world border going south. Cuba, of course, is less than 100 miles from Key West. So I guess I should say hello to all of our Cuban friends, Cuban, 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 Cuban friends, especially all of those Chinese soldiers that might be working on the island of Cuba right now. Yeah, man, what a crazy story that's been in the last couple of weeks. We nearly went to a nuclear war with the Soviet Union in 1962 over the Cuban Missile Crisis. Are we just going to let China get away with this thing? That they've got this operation, some kind of camp on the island of Cuba. Are we going to let them get away with that without any major deal about it? We had a barricade of the Soviet fleet or the ships bound for Cuba back in '62. Uh, lots of change. Lots of, lots of things have changed. Although some things have not. We got a Kennedy running for president right now. For goodness sakes, RFK's son. Maybe some things have not changed 60 years after the Bay of Pigs and all that fun stuff of the 1960s. So those are some of our news headlines we'll be getting to today. We've got sports information to pass along, some major news out of Major League Baseball, some injuries for one specific team that's going to affect the All-Star game as the Midsummer Classic is just days away. Information on that, plus the swamp is getting smaller. Chomp, chomp, Florida fans. Uh, it's both good news and bad news for Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. I'll explain in our headlines of what's going across the southern sports scene on today's Y'all Show. Plus, the passage of a former Missouri Tiger who went on to be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Vince Tobin, has passed away at age 79. I'll have information on Tobin plus other NFL news, including info out of a Tennessee Titans running back in the news for not the best of reasons. All of that is coming up here in our sports headlines today. We've got hashtag hullabaloo headed your way today. We've got a Southern Business Report headed your way in hour number two. And in our final hour today, Megan Headwall is going to be back on with us as she is going to tell you about how to be out exercising in this hot weather and stay healthy and stay cool. All of that coming with our discussion with Miss Megan in our number three. Mail, M-A-I-L at y'all.com is the way to reach out to us. If you would like to send us an email, we would love to hear from you here on the show that is truly shaking up things in the South. Let's start off with our news headlines now. And as I said, it's been hot in the South. We've had nearly 120 degree temperatures in some portions of Dixie the last two weeks. And according to researchers at the University of Maine, the entire planet is hot. In fact, according to these scientists at the University of Maine, the entire planet had its unofficial hottest day in human recording on July 3rd. 
High temperature records were surpassed on July 3rd and July 4th in Quebec and in several American cities like Tampa, Florida, Medford, Oregon. Beijing, over in China, reported nine straight days last week when the temperature exceeded 95 degrees. So, according to these researchers, the record and their research of it being the hottest record of, of high temps ever recorded, it is a preliminary research project that they've got going on. But strange things are happening when we've got 95 plus degrees in China. Quebec's up there with high temperatures as well. And then we've seen both in Oregon and in Tampa. I'm not sure what Tampa's high was last week, but it's been hot. It's been hot in the south. A little bit better this week. I really think most places in the south. Heck, some places have been hit by thunder boomers and fronts moving across, and the temperature has dipped down to the low 70s in a lot of cases for the at least the last day or two. And as I mentioned, I think it was Monday's show, we had some storms pop up on Friday of last week that I did not have any knowledge was going to get this bad. I know in Middle Tennessee, they had power outages that lasted, for some people, like a day. And I was talking to someone from that part of Tennessee, and they mentioned how their freezer had to be, you know, things had to be thrown away. And I'm like, what happened? What in the world happened? And they explained. So, yeah, uh, we got some strange goings on with our weather right now. So just be advised and keep up with your local weather forecast if you don't mind. We got some strange things going on in Washington, D.C. One thing strange, Joe Biden flew back into the White House on Tuesday. I thought he would stay in Delaware for the entire week, frankly. I think he flew in from Delaware when he made some kind of press conference, something something or other was going on Tuesday that he had to say a few words. But what about this story coming out of the White House? Evidently, maybe while he was away in Delaware, somebody at the White House discovered cocaine in the common area of the West Wing. A preliminary test showing that cocaine found in the common area of the West Wing, Secret Service agents were doing routine rounds Sunday when they found the white powder in an area accessible to tour groups. The officials were not authorized to discuss the ongoing investigation. The complex had to be evacuated, in which people came in and ran these rapid tests, and sure enough, cocaine. Now, was this truly from some visitor going through, getting a little sniff while touring the White House? I mean, are you that bold as a tourist to take the white stuff into the White House? At least like that's the most likely scenario. I assume the Secret Service is going to be working to figure out what happened here. Do they not do a drug test of people coming through at the White House? Maybe they should. Maybe they should do a little drug test of the commander-in-chief sometime. <laughs> see see what he might be on. You know, that might be part of the deal. It's not his age that Joe Biden is having all these problems with and falling down. The guy's sniffing coke. Is that, is that what this is all about? Is he up there? <sighs> and that's why we hardly ever see him. I, I don't know. That's terrible to say, but somewhat funny. I mean, there's a lot of people out there would say, I'd rather him be a cokehead 
than have dementia issues, as it appears that he has something going on. As I, I think Trump said, there, there, there's just something going on there. Yeah, it could be he's got a little addiction. He's got an addiction I know that can, can be confirmed. He'd rather be in Delaware than at the White House. And frankly, if that was the case, he shouldn't have run for president. If he likes Delaware so much, he can just stay over there, which isn't that far, actually, from Washington, D.C., come to think of it. If you're wanting to become a U.S. citizen, did you realize the test for becoming a citizen to be an official U.S. citizen, the test is being updated? And now some advocates are worried that this is going to hurt their chance of becoming American citizens because it will hurt test takers with lower levels of English proficiency. The naturalization test is one of the final steps toward attaining U.S. citizenship. Now, if you've ever gone through it or you know somebody who's gone through this citizenship process, it takes a long time. It's actually not, it, it's not a cheap thing to go through as well. But kudos to everybody that goes through it. You know, this is a country where we do welcome those from around the world. But we prefer you do it legally and do it the way that people wanting to become U.S. citizens have to apply and, and become citizens through things like this test. But the administration back in 2020 and Donald Trump's time in office changed the test, making it longer and more difficult to pass. And evidently now it's showing up here in the test that people are worried that it might be tough. There's a speaking section to assess English skills as part of the test. And an officer, when taking the test, shows photos of ordinary scenarios, including daily activities, weather, food, and asks the applicant to verbally describe the photos. Hmm. Luckily, I have not had to take this test. I'm like probably most of you out there. Born in the USA. And I don't have to take no citizen test. Now, if we could just come up with a citizenship test for being a Southerner. Now that, I think I'd do pretty well. In fact, I'd like to administer it, if at all possible, to all y'all. And for most of you, I'd give you a, a passing grade. All right, a tragic holiday weekend in Bolivar, Tennessee. That's West Tennessee. Between Memphis and Savannah, I guess you could say. Savannah, Tennessee, that is. There was a deadly shooting Tuesday morning, a double murder, a double homicide taking place on Johnson Street in Bolivar on the 4th of July. And then there was another shooting the same day, same morning time. And that's got people in that area of West Tennessee upset with multiple death investigations. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation headed to Bolivar as we speak to try to figure out what in the world's going on in Hardeman County. But a, a tragic, deadly weekend. And the mayor of Bolivar is stepping up, saying that, according to Mayor Julian McTizik, our community has been struck once again by an act of senseless violence. Early this morning, the lives of young men were taken away too soon while leaving countless others in mourning. We will work diligently in our pursuit of justice for the families of these young men. So three different people killed in this small town. That's one reason this, this town of 5,000, while we're telling you about it, we have multiple deaths every day in the big cities, but now in a, in a town like this, 
70 miles from Memphis. I mean, it's not right beside a town like Memphis. It's a good hour, 20-minute ride over to the Bluff City in Bolivar, Tennessee now with multiple death investigations underway. Mm. I, I hate to talk about murders on this show. I really do. And I skip past most days of all the multiple homicides that happen in the big cities of the South. We're just it's just part of the life. But when I see it in a town like Bolivar, it's newsworthy, but we gotta we got to make sure this doesn't happen in our smaller towns. We've got to do everything we can to make, unfortunately, all homicides, if we can, make them go away, but certainly not the double homicides. Come on. We've got to stop this business of shooting and killing each other. Where are we going as a society? Now, this happened on the 4th of July. This is supposed to be a festive day. Not a day where you get your life ended, for goodness sakes. Beaufort County, South Carolina we go, and the coroner's office and the sheriff's office, they're working the death of a woman. A 69-year-old woman was killed after an alligator attacked her on the morning of the 4th of July. Investigators working this case at Brams Point Road in the Spanish Wells community of Hilton Head Island. The 69-year-old woman was at the edge of a lagoon and an alligator was guarding the woman. The gator was removed and the woman's body recovered. But evidently this woman, 69-year-old there in Beaufort County, South Carolina, killed in an alligator attack on Hilton Head Island. And there are a lot of gators on Hilton Head Island and in that portion of Beaufort County. And South Carolina, it seems to me like, based on the news headlines of gator attacks, it's South Carolina and Florida are our two leading states. There's a lot happened in Hilton Head specifically. I know there's a lot of people in a very small area right there at Hilton Head. That's likely a big part of it. And people are just getting too close to those what they call here lagoons. I call them ponds. Stay away. For God's sakes, stay a long way away from these things. I don't care if you're walking, especially if you got a dog. You think it's a little cute to go walk your pooch right by a pond? You're going to have a big surprise waiting for you one day. And it won't be a surprise that you won't. As the big the big one is going to come take a chomp out of you. Or at least your pet. We don't want either one thing, one of those things to happen. I assume most of the walking paths on Hilton Head and throughout the low country have signs that remind you. Because, look, I'm a guy that doesn't live in that part of South Carolina. Or even in Florida where big gators are out there hanging out in ponds. And so let's say you go on vacation like this week. You have to really be reminded, hey, I can't do the things I did back in New Jersey when I'm down here on the island. It's a different deal, okay? And the different deal is when I'm out walking the streets of, um, give me a town in New Jersey, Jersey City. (laughs) Why am I talking about New Jersey? When I'm out walking the, the beautiful streets of Jersey City, I'm probably not going to have an alligator come out of the water and attack my my pooch or me. But it can happen on Hilton Head Island. And unfortunately, another case here, I I feel for that woman's family. 69-year-old woman now dead after an apparent alligator attack. And that's a look at some of our news headlines here to start off our y'all show on this Monday. It's not a Monday. It feels like a Monday. On this Wednesday, 
I knew I was going to do that at some point. It's just so easy to think of a a week that we're starting over after just one day off. But you know what? The good news is we can, if that were the case, we can make this feel like a three-day work week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, why don't we just take Friday off? We'll just do a two-day work week. No, no, we, we need to do our service of covering everything Southern right here on the Y'all Show, and that's what we will continue to do. When we come back, we've got a look at your first Southern sports update of this Wednesday Y'all Show. And don't forget, we also have hashtag hullabaloo coming your way when we find things on social media and share them with you. All that is right ahead on Y'all Talk with an Accent on the South. of July. Oh, if you happen to take a peek at social media in the last 24 hours, I bet you somewhere in your feed you had multiple people out on their pontoon or out in the water. I was what, Tuesday? Yeah, it was It was on the 4th of July. I happened to be at a really big lake. I didn't get in the water. I would not have wanted to get in the water. There was a storm coming and there were lots of white caps there at the lake. But uh, I saw all the people on their jet skis racing to get back on shore and load up. And there's an art form to that, by the way, to quickly loading up your jet skis. I was impressed by that. But, yeah, whether you were on an inland waterway, the rivers of the south, or perhaps you were on one of our great beaches of the south, I think the 4th of July truly is like the capital, the, the national holiday, not just of the nation, but of getting out on the water and getting out on that pontoon. Thank you little big town for that memory there from a few years back with their great song and the memories that we can all enjoy every day if you are fortunate enough to get out on the water of the south what a great place this time of year the waters of the south it doesn't have to be just one of our great beaches it can be like we just said one of our inland waterways our great lakes and uh, swim swimming pools i'm sure a lot of you took time to go find a pool somewhere over the extended holiday weekend great great times here in the south let's catch you up with the southern sports news of the day and we actually start off with some major league baseball news as we have shoho otani of the the los angeles angels both he and mike trout appear to be in some hot water when it comes to injuries mike trout on a 10-day injured list with a broken left wrist and then 
you have Shoho Tani. I think it's got some kind of a, a like a, a a blister. That's what it was. It was a blister on his middle finger, and he had to come out of their game with the Padres. And the Angels lost their game on Tuesday to San Diego eight five. But a bad day for the Angels while down in San Diego in this series. And it looks like Shoho Otani, who would become a two-way all-star for the third straight year, because he's going to pitch and he's going to bat. But now that the all-star game is just a handful of days away with this little problem with his blister on or contusion, whatever it is, on his, on his fingers, he may not be able to make that July 11th all-star game in Seattle. I mean, we're just six days away from it, so... That's going to be a real bummer because I'll tell you what, I know this guy's a Japanese baseball player, but I am just in awe of Shoho Otani. I mean, we haven't seen a baseball player like him in my lifetime, and I've been around a few moons, and I like to watch him come back. Although, because he plays for the Angels, and I'm not the world's biggest Major League Baseball fan, I don't break my neck to watch games, but I was somewhere the other day, and the Angels game was on TV, and it just so happened Otani came up to bat, and dadgummit if he didn't strike out. Yeah, I know he hits nearly 500 feet home runs, but just like everybody else that plays that sport of baseball, you're going to have your strikeouts from time to time, and he whiffed there at the plate. I'm thinking that, was that was that the Padres they were playing that I was watching? I don't know. I don't know what, what I was doing. or what I'm not responsible for what I say or do on this show, by the way. Um, the Angels... They're right now reeling from a couple of injuries. All of them expected, I'm, I'm sure, to not last more than a couple of weeks. So maybe this could be the year the Los Angeles Angels find their way to a World Series again. Remember, they did win the big one, what, 20 years ago, something like that. But with the people they've got on their roster, from Mike Trout to Otani and others, I expect more out of the L.A. Angels going forward. But we want to make sure our Southern teams are accounted for, too. Speaking of our Southern teams, and we're talking baseball here, let me catch you up with the latest standings. As The 4th of July was a huge day for baseball. The Rays continue to dominate the AL East. They've got a six-game lead over the Baltimore Orioles, although the Rays are on a little bit of a tailspin. They've lost three straight games. Over in the Central of the American League, the Twins just out by one game in front of Cleveland. In the AL West, it's a good time to be a Texan. Both the Rangers and the Astros are atop that division with the Rangers enjoying right now a three-game lead over the Astros as Texas has a 51-35 and mark. In the National League, the Atlanta Braves, they have a 57-28 and record, and that is by far the best record in the National League. They enjoy an eight-game lead right now over the Marlins. In the NL Central, the Reds and the Nip and Tuck battle in that division. The Reds right now with a one-game lead over the Brew Crew. And in the NL West, the surprising Arizona Diamondbacks over the weekend. They lost a couple of games. They're on a two-game losing streak, streak the Snakes are. But they still enjoy a two-and-a-half lead over the Dodgers in Major League Baseball. And... For a team, let's find teams that might be on a big streak right now. I'm not seeing any. You know, sometimes in baseball, these teams will have like an 8, 10, 11 game, either winning streak or losing streak. And it looks like there's pretty, some parody would be the word going on with that sport.
Not so much parody in the world of hot dog eating. Did you happen to tune in Tuesday and see Joey Chestnut? As he was able to down 62 francs and buns in 10 minutes in a weather-affected hot dog eating contest. In fact, one news outlet I was watching even said that the contest on Tuesday was canceled. It wasn't canceled. It just had to be delayed because of lightning there at uh, Coney Island. Coney Island, where they eat the hot dogs, man. Now I'm starting. I'm starting to combine New Jersey and the Caribbean. <laughs> Use guys. That's what I should have said. But Joey Chestnut does it again. Jeffrey Esper was the runner-up in this competition. And I saw that a former mascot of the Tennessee Titans, T-Rack, whoever that is, he actually finished, I think, in the top ten of eating a lot of dogs. Got to congratulate Mickey Sudo as she won the women's the women's hot dog. I get emotional when I start talking about hot dogs. Uh, Sudo won the women's eating contest with 39 and a half hot dogs. She got her ninth mustard belt. That's what you get for winning. But Joey Chestnut, his eighth straight mustard belt, his 16th overall in this hot dog eating contest presented by Nathan's. Nathan's famous 4th of July hot dog eating contest on Coney Island and the weather might have got a little bit of a say-so in this thing, but in the end, oh, Joey. Joey does it up big time again. Congratulations. To the swamp we go, and Ben Hill Griffin Stadium on the campus of the University of Florida is going to get a little bit of a makeover. As athletic director at UF, Scott Strickland announcing that there's going to be a $400 million swamp makeover. This will be a multi-generational solution for this old stadium. And because of it, the upgrade, it's going to actually reduce some of the seating at the stadium. Now, Strickland said it's premature to speculate on the final cost and the seating capacity. But if they're going to do the things it looks like they're going to try to do, like more luxury suites and more, uh, it's going to break that seating capacity of what's now 90,000 come down a little bit. It's a it's a cluster area, to be frank. I, I took an up-close and personal tour of, of the stadium when I was in Gainesville right at the end of 2022. Actually, I, I woke up this year to start 2023 in downtown Gainesville, Florida. Chomp, chomp. Not a bad place to wake up, by the way is Gainesville, Florida. I had a good time there. But we went by and saw the stadium. I have I have never been to a game inside Florida Field. I have never been to an athletic contest on the campus of UF anytime. I've seen the Gators play. It's always been on the road. And I like the statues outside. They've got Spurrier and Werfel. And Tim Tebow, their Heisman Trophy winners, all outside the stadium. Makes for a great photo op. Love the Spanish moss. It truly is a, a beautiful campus. It's, it's pretty cool. But that stadium is it's tight, tight, tight right around that portion of campus. And so I don't know how they're going to solve that problem, but what they're going to try to do for this old stadium that's built in 1930 when it was 22,000 seats there on campus. 
Uh, they're going to have to make it more SEC friendly. I'm ready for a couple of SEC teams, frankly, to announce they're going to build brand new stadiums. Why not? They got the money. They've got the money. They got all the media attention, and the money's going to keep on coming, and they can probably find big sponsorships. I know there's talk about renovating some of our stadiums. Who who, who could benefit from a new stadium? I, I would say... I mean, if you really think about it, Florida could probably benefit from a brand new stadium. Build a dome, for God's sakes. Why not? Somewhere around there, they, they built a new baseball stadium a few years ago, and it was technically away from where most of their athletic stuff is located, is where they built this thing. So Florida could build a brand new stadium if they wanted to. I think South Carolina could easily build a new stadium. I know williams Bryce is pretty and, and everything's right there, but I think they got the money. They could turn that Williams-Brice Stadium into a soccer stadium if they wanted to because it's about 100 years old. Most of our stadiums are about 100 years old. And then uh, Vanderbilt, I don't think you need one. So we're going to skip past Vandy. Tennessee, it's old. It's an old stadium. But, boy, having over 100,000 is pretty strong. So we'll, we'll just leave Tennessee's alone for right now. And then Georgia's... Yeah, they've won two national championships. They don't need another stadium. We'll leave them alone. Auburn, you know, come to think about it, this might not be a good idea. But I will tell you, down in Oxford, they've, they've been talking about doing a lot of stadium changes there. I think they just need to build a whole new stadium. Call it the Grove Part 2. And uh, build a dome right there in Oxford. That's what I would do. Stark Vegas. I tell you what, I, I can't deal with those upper decks at Davis Wade Stadium. I, I think maybe you need a new stadium. Maybe you could build some kind of gigantic baseball, football combination deal and have indoor an indoor stadium. Call it, oh, what are we going to call it? The Jerry Clower Field presented by Jeans Page. That'd be a good name. Uh, so anyway, that's where we're going on. Florida looks like they're going to get them a new new upgrade at least at their stadium. And let's tell you about some NFL news real quick. Former Arizona Cardinal head coach Vince Tobin has passed away at the age of ninety, uh, rather seventy nine. No cause of death given. He played football for the Missouri Tigers back in the nineteen sixties. A native of. Burlington Junction, Missouri. That's right on the Iowa border, right way, way north in sort of the northwest corner of the Show Me State. Vince Tobin, who was an assistant for a long time. He was a defensive coordinator for the Bears for several years, as well as the Colts before getting the Arizona Cardinals head coach in 1996. And he actually took them to the playoffs. His last season as a coach was 2004, where he was a special assistant for the Green Bay Packers. Vince Tobin passing away at age 79. Hassan Haskins of the Tennessee Titans has been arrested on an aggravated assault charge. This is from an alleged June 22nd incident with his girlfriend. He was booked into the Davidson County Detention Center and released later in the day last week. So not good news for Titans fans. And then out of the New Orleans Saints camp, tight end Foster Moreau good news here as Foster Moreau said that his cancer 
is in full remission. He's a veteran tight end. He made the announcement some three months after he was diagnosed with Hodgkin lymphoma following a physical with the Saints while he was visiting the team in free agency. So we wish Foster Moreau all the best in his fight with cancer. And it looks like it's going so far so good. That is a look at some of your sports headlines of the South here on this day after the 4th of July edition of the Y'all Show. We'll come right back and wrap up this hour with a look at some hashtag hullabaloo fun. Oh, it's awesome to talk about hashtag hullabaloo. And we're going to do it when we come right back. from Ronnie McDowell in a New York Minute. Welcome back. It is the Wednesday Y'all Show in our opening salvo of Southern Information, and we're winding this opening salvo down here with hashtag hullabaloo. This is where we go on social media and find some great conversation about the Southeast, and we share it with all y'all. And we start off here with our first social media interaction of the day from Morgan at Brugida, Morgan. On Twitter, I'm just a Latina in a silly, goofy mood, is what she describes herself on Twitter as. And her tweet, which caught our producer's attention here at the Y'all Show, says, Living in Southern America on the 4th of July makes you wonder, are those fireworks or shots fired? Ouch. Ouch. In fact, when I got to my house late Tuesday evening, it was right at sunset, and sure enough, my neighbor yelled the same thing as are those fireworks or are they gunshots <laughs> i think last night it would have definitely been fireworks thank goodness but uh if it's past let's say lunchtime today and you hear some booms and cracks and things like that there's that chance it might not be a darn firecracker and you better be careful out there out there but unfortunately this is something not not just in the south that happens we've got people shooting guns off in the air, shooting them at people and senseless killings. I've already expressed my frustration with some deaths that happened in West Tennessee on the 4th of July and more. That's a silly game that a lot of people play, whether it's a gunshot they just heard or firework, but it's a silly but important game because, unfortunately, a lot of times it is a handgun that we're out there hearing being shot off, maybe at somebody. In fact, Morgan. Thank you for your social media comment. That's how you do it. 
If you've got something you want to pass along here to y'all show, we will be happy to read it out aloud. Or if you'd rather, if you don't have it up on Twitter and we don't find it there, we will be happy to look for it. If you send us an email at mail, M-A-I-L, mail at y'all.com, that's another way for us to share your thoughts of what's going on across the southeast today. We'll take a final stop here for this hour and come back and wrap up our first hour and give you a little preview of what's ahead for the rest of this Wednesday show that's all about the South. We are y'all! Summertime is family time, the fun's just begun. Kick back and relax, we're always here for you. We hope you feel great all summer long. But if you start to feel like something's gone wrong, we treat you like family. Physicians, quality care. Hey, West Tennessee, what are you gonna do? For physical therapy, you know it's up to you. You've got a choice, it's so easy to see. The best is PQC, PT. We're gonna help you get back to living life. It's so easy to see. The best is PQC, PT. Hey Jackson and West Tennessee, Dustin Ring here again with Dustin Buys Houses. I'm still buying houses fast for cash in all of West Tennessee. You have a house that just needs too many repairs and you can't afford to fix it? We can make you a cash offer and purchase the house as is so you don't have to fix it. We even pay closing costs. Do you have a rental that's filled with bad tenants? Leave the hard work to us. We'll buy the house for cash and close and deal with them ourselves. Are you relocating for a job and need to sell ASAP? We can make you a cash offer today and close in as little as 30 days. And remember, we take the property as is. We'll even clean it out. Are you going through an icky divorce? I've been there. No fun, but we'll buy that house too. I'm also looking for multifamily properties, duplexes, triplexes, apartments. I even buy mobile homes and mobile home parks. Do you just have vacant land? Give me a call. I'll make you an offer. Call me today at 577-4150. Again, 577-4150. You can even send me a text message. Again, the number 731-577-4150 or visit Dustin buys.com. Jackson Off-Road Plus Complete Automotive Service Center is Jackson's one-stop for diesel performance, suspension lifts, wheels, tires, and services and accessories for all types of vehicles at some of the lowest prices in West Tennessee. Just installed a new state-of-the-art front-end alignment system with the latest machinery and technology. Jackson Off-Road Plus, 1082 Highway 45 Bypass. Find them on Facebook open six days a week. Asia Garden voted Jackson's best sushi and Asian restaurant serving Jackson and West Tennessee for over 37 years. Walk into our dining room and know you're going to be served the absolute best Asian dishes from our expansive menu. You can also order directly from us at asiagardenjackson.com or call 731-668-9024. Since we're local, we can keep our fees at a minimum versus the competition. Asia Garden is West Tennessee's premier sushi and Asian restaurant. Think local. Think Asia Garden. This is the Y'all Show on West Tennessee Super Talk 93.1 FM. Keep it Southern. 
Well, we got our first hour in the books. Thank you all for coming along for the ride. Some of you may have this uh, long week, meaning three more work days, or some of you might be totally not working at all this whole holiday week. And whichever the case may be, glad that you're taking a little time to join us here as we discuss what's going on across the southeast let me tell you what's going on across the southeast for our number two of the y'all show which is coming up in just a few moments here stay tuned we've got headlines from across the south plus we also have some more sports news to pass as well to your way and we've got a southern business report it was a rough week heading into the fourth of july for our airlines and we'll let you know about that also we'll let you know about their stocks as the airline industry getting hit with some bad headlines heading into the 4th of July. We'll explain further about that. Plus, Twitter has been making some changes, looking to charge some stuff for some of their premium things that before were free and more. I'll let you know about what's up with Elon Musk's little adventure. Twitter, as part of our Southern Business Report, headed your way in this second hour of the show that's all about the Southeast. So don't go anywhere. We will have all that coming up in just a few minutes here on Y'all. It's the Y'all Show powered by Y'all.com, the South's homepage, Y-A-L-L.com. You can text us anytime, 615-208-4184. And more of the Y'all Show is coming right up. Southern folks out there and Southerners at heart, we are ready for our, another hour of talking about what's going on in the Southland. This is the Y'all Show, broadcasting on incredibly awesome and fun radio stations, and we're also available in podcast form. Check us out on iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Tune app, Spotify. You can also find us in Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And we're also right there at y'all.com, the South's homepage. The general of all things Southern. That's me, John Rawl, rhymes with y'all. And good to have you back here on this Wednesday edition as we've got another hour full of stories from across the South. We've got an hour full of news items from across the 16 Southern states. And we've got another update on Southern sports to pass along here in this middle hour of our Wednesday conversation before this hour comes to a close we're going to give you a southern business spotlight some business stories and more to pass along your way if you want to get involved with y'all it's easy to do that 615-208-4184 that is the text line that you can reach us anytime that you're available to reach out and text us 615-208-4184 would love to get your feedback. Well, 
don't want to have that play that loud. <laughs> Would love to get your feedback here on the Y'all Show anytime. That's why that text line is available, 615-208-4184, and it's available 24 hours a day. Customer service. We do our best here at the Y'all Show. Let's go ahead and stand. And want to remind you, Hour 3 today, Megan Headwall will be right back here talking fitness and more. So that'll be fun when she arrives in a bit. But let's go ahead and get today's Y'all Show headlines underway. And it's been a hot one the last week to two weeks. We've seen the stories. We've told you the stories from across the southeast of 119-degree temperatures in Texas and more deaths. We've had about 13 deaths, at least that number, reported thus far. It has not been the most pleasant of summers for most of the South. Between storms and heat, it's not good. Now, we know now from researchers at the University of Maine and their climate reanalyzer project going on there in New England that the entire planet is hot. In fact, according to the University of Maine scientists, the unofficial hottest day in human recording happened on Monday, July 3rd. As on that day and moving into July 4th, high temperature records were surpassed in Quebec, in Peru, in cities in this country like Tampa and Medford, Oregon, and other spots throughout the world. A meteorologist with the National Weather Service says that temperatures are, of course, hovering at all-time highs. Even over in China, Beijing reported nine straight days last week of the temperature exceeding 95 degrees. It's a hot one, not just here in Dixie, but throughout the South. Be careful. In fact, it is because of this hot weather that we want to let you know that Megan Headwall is coming in in hour number three. We have people that still need to work out, even when it's 100 degrees outside. You still can't use the heat as an excuse to say, you know what, I think I'm going to take a, I'm going to sit out today. No, 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 no. If you've got a plan from an exercise standpoint and you got a plan, then we want to make sure you keep that plan. But we want to make sure you, you do it and get through it safely. So when Megan's on, she's going to talk about this excessive heat and how you can take that factor and mix it in when you're still trying to knock out your your exercise. So we're going to have you exercise caution. That would be the title of that segment <laughs> when Megan's on in our third hour. So, yeah, it's not just a Southern thing right now. Heat appears to be just about everywhere. Now, have you heard about the White House? Not Joe Biden, but... <laughs> They found cocaine in the common area of the West Wing. Preliminary tests showing cocaine there as law enforcement officials went in and did some work over the holiday weekend. I think the president was technically away at the time. But while doing their routine round Sunday, Secret Service agents found cocaine in an area accessible to tour groups Officials can't discuss the ongoing investigation. The complex on the White House grounds evacuated Sunday evening 
as fire and emergency crews brought in to do a rapid test. Attention, attention, cocaine has been found at the White House. Be advised. <laughs> uh, that would have made Joe Biden maybe put a little pep in his step. Uh, I don't think he was there. I, I assume he was in Delaware. He's either Delaware Camp David or somewhere else in Delaware. <laughs> he he kind of bounces back between Wilmington, where his home is, and then he's got a place down at Rehoboth Beach, a beach house. And then wherever else the Chinese and Ukrainians have bought him some kind of fancy multi-million dollar home that we don't know about. Uh, oh, low blow, low blow. Speaking of blow, yeah, this blow found at the White House Sunday. Could somebody have... I, in hour one today, I was kind of kidding that maybe it's Joe Biden's cocaine and that that's why... That explains why he's not quite on his A game. He's a co-kid. Okay, let's throw that scenario out here in hour two. It's most likely from some idiot that came through on a White House tour and dropped their stash of blow. That's pretty darn stupid. And, and and how about if they are even coherent enough to question themselves if they figured out later that oh my God, where's my where's my blow? I gotta have my blow. And then they realize, hmm. Surely I didn't drop that inside the White House, did I? Yeah, you did, if that's what happened here. And so what about the anxiety that this person's had the last couple of days of should I go to the White House and say, Hello? I think I, I, think I left something here. It's a little plastic bag. It's got white. It's some baking powder is what it is. I was making cookies. I wanted to make some for the president. What about that person that's had to sit here for a few days wondering, where is that cocaine? Well, the cocaine has been found, and it's now in the safe hands of the Secret Service. And it did not get into Joe Biden's hands, at least not this time. But that would be a lot of fun. What if Joe Biden all of a sudden got on cocaine and it made him pick up his step? he wouldn't stumble like he does he would be hmm, fun the fun man now not necessarily being a cocaine user myself I, I assume that that's what would happen if he were to get on the white stuff heck yeah he needs to get on the white stuff because he doesn't need to get on pot you know there have been other people smoke pot at the white house like back in Jimmy Carter's day I think Willie Nelson got up on the roof and smoked it with Jimmy's son and then, did you see the over the weekend story comes out that John F. Kennedy smoked marijuana himself when he was president? That's hard to believe that we're just now finding that out. Is that is that something we can really believe that JFK toked one in the White House before he was assassinated? Might bring up another conspiracy theory. He was assassinated because maybe he owed some drug money to somebody. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, the, the drugs are all around us. And so for cocaine to be found in the White House shouldn't be all that surprising. I'm actually, what 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 is surprising, remember the White House tours were shut down during COVID for well past a year. 
and I haven't been to D.C. post-COVID. I'm excited to know that people are now being able to go back on tours of America's executive mansion. I've not done that tour. I bet it's a, a beautiful thing to see. I've done the tour of the Capitol, and that's beautiful a beautiful place in its own respect, but the White House now, that would be awesome. I, of course, went and took a picture in front of it. And that, that was pretty right there. But to go in the inside, you know what? What I want to do is get the invitation to come there. That's I don't want to be in no darn tour group. I want to get that personal invitation. You know, what would even be better, now that I think about it, is I think I just might run for the White House. How, how does that sound? Do we have any more people entering the race since we last got together? I, I think so. You know, I, I don't think I mentioned this the other day. I'm pretty sure this guy decided to step in the race, and that would be the congressman out of San Antonio, the former congressman, as I think he was certainly thinking about running it, running. And I think his last name is Hurd, Will Hurd. Yeah, official Hurd for America's website. Will Hurd, is he running? Running for president? Yes. On June 22nd, Will Hurd, the San Antonio congressman, announced his bid for the Republican nomination for president of the U.S. Will Hurd is a Texas A&M alum. He was the student body president. Went and worked in the CIA for a number of years. And then has been elected since 2010 in government as he's been first in Austin and then he went on to be a congressman starting in 2015 and I don't think he's in Congress right now I think he's one of these that came out against Trump and decided to not run I think I'm right on that I know he's been a, a Trump critic and he's now officially entered the presidential campaign. He's voiced support for designating a no-fly zone over Ukraine. So there is another person running. I thought I thought I saw something, but let's be honest, there's about a dozen people now running, and whenever Will Hurd gets out there and says he wants to be president, not going to make a big big news item his biggest claim to fame is that he's been a Trump critic and he's a black congressman that's a Republican those are the two things that make him stand out it's probably that last thing there aren't too many black Republicans let's let's be real here Will Hurd's been one of them but he's been more on the establishment side and if you're a MAGA person, you're thinking, well, that's not Republican, that's not conservative, you might as well be a Democrat. And maybe that's what Will Hurd is, a a elephant in donkey clothing, you could say. Elsewhere across the news headlines on this Wednesday edition of the Y'all Show, we take you to South Carolina where a woman walking on Hilton Head Island 
evidently was attacked by an alligator. 69-year-old Beaufort County, South Carolina woman found dead as deputies responded early morning on the 4th of July to Brams Point Road in the Spanish Wells community. And they found this woman at the edge of a lagoon who appeared unresponsive. An alligator was guarding the woman and interrupted the the rescue efforts there on Hilton Head Island of this woman. The gator ended up being removed and the woman's body recovered. But a sad story here is a woman evidently has died as a result of an alligator attack in the low country of South Carolina. The Atlanta, Georgia Peachtree race was held over the 4th of July holiday. And it's a, I would say, one of the biggest road races for those who like to run marathons and more in the entire southeast it's it's a big event the Peachtree road race and they had an ending that you likely won't see any time in the future as the favorite racer out there was blazing the trail she was just about finished with her 26 miles of running when all of a sudden within a couple hundred yards of the finish line you could literally see the finish line ahead this racer this marathon runner named Tafiri followed the lead of a motorcycle cop that was just in front of her and this motorcycle cop decided to kind of veer off the main road and she followed the cop and went down like a side street for a second and because of that Sinbiri Tafiri got behind two other runners and she ended up finishing third in this race. It was a $7,000 mistake that she followed the cop down a side street and instead of keeping on on the main route and winning the race, which she easily would have won. But she got distracted it happens to the best of us sometimes we get led down the wrong street but not normally by a motorcycle cop (laughs) so yeah if you haven't seen this video it's pretty fascinating to watch her make that decision and and you feel you just feel so sorry for her she was going to win this race without a doubt and she had a what we call in the south a little bit of a brain flatulation for a second and she ends up finishing third in this Peachtree Road Race on the 4th of July in Atlanta. Uh, all I can say is strap them up and go see what you can do again on your next road race. These people who run road races in July are a special breed, especially when they're doing it in hot Atlanta. I wonder what time they started going on that thing. Probably before sunrise, if I had to guess. I know in my days of getting up early and running, which weren't all that long ago, and I need to likely return to those days, there was something special about getting up and going right at the daybreak. It's just beautiful out there. And as a runner where you're going to get hot, it was very comfortable this time of year. Temperatures in the upper 60s, low 70s oftentimes on a summer morning when you're out running and the birds chirping the orange 
of the sun coming up over the horizon. It's it's pretty neat. If you've not done it, maybe you should. You get a whole different perspective of life when you're out there early in the morning on a run or a walk, but a run especially because you know with a run, you're going to be working your fanny off. Man, I right at the end of a like a four or five mile run not not to brag here but there would not be one spot on my body that was not wet from perspiration yeah i know that sounds disgusting but the point is you know you're working hard when you're sweating that much and i was and i decided after doing that to take a couple of years off (laughs) and uh i need to probably get back on it especially after some of the 4th of July food that I was able to enjoy this past weekend. And, and I, I appreciate the very special Sonia who cooked uh, me and my buddy a, a nice 4th of July lunch. She insisted we had that, and it was great. A little pork tenderloin, green beans, and a casserole. I think it was a broccoli casserole. And she made a really cool dessert for us and even had it with a Coca-Cola. Mm, that, I, I really appreciate that. I have not yet had my Fourth of July barbecue though. I did not have. I've had catfish the last couple of days. I've had other good food like a couple of salad bar visits, but I did not get my fill of Fourth of July barbecue. And the crazy thing is, a lot of Southern barbecue joints shut down now after the Fourth of July for about a week. They go on vacation. Good for them. They deserve it. They worked hard. But I haven't worked hard to get my fill of barbecue. What am I going to do about it, y'all? <laughs> Speaking of great food, if you were in the Florida Keys this past couple of days, you were probably witnessing the 200th birthday of the Keys as July 3rd marked the 200th birthday of the Florida Keys. And because of that, the city of Key West decided to make the world's largest key lime pie. The Florida Keys and Key West Facebook page announcing this week the birthday was celebrated with the world's largest key lime pie. The pie expected to be 13.14 feet long in diameter and was even made with a traditional graham cracker crust and was topped with whipped cream. Is there another way to make key lime pie? I don't think so. Yes, as July 3rd was the 200th birthday of the Florida Keys becoming part of Florida as the Florida Territorial Legislature's founding of Monroe County happened on July 3rd of 1823. 200 years strong, the Keys. And the pie, again, with that just over 13 feet feet in diameter, prepared with that graham cracker crust and topped with whipped cream, too. The previous world record for the world's largest key lime pie was nine years ago when they made one that measured nine feet two inches. So nearly four feet wider was this 2023 edition of the world's largest key lime pie. Monroe County in Florida is the southernmost county in Florida and the entire country. The county is made up of the Florida Keys and portions of the Everglades National Park and the Big Cypress National Preserve. And it's not just the Keys, Monroe County. It's that very southwestern corner of the Sunshine State, of which on the map 
on the peninsula portion, about 98% of that area is swampland. You're not really livable. I don't think there's a town of any size on the mainland portion of Monroe County. But on the Keys section, I think the entire Keys are part of Monroe County, Florida. And Key West is the most famous of the Keys. And boy, what a delicious key lime cake. Now, that would make up for me missing out on some of that 4th of July barbecue. If y'all could ship me up a, a little piece of that 13 feet wide key lime pie. Yum, yum, yum. Thank you for giving me a good visual to make it through the rest of the day <laughs> and for all of you as well. That wraps up our news headlines here for hour number two. When we come back, I've got a look at some Southern sports update, some news items there. And before we get out of here this hour, a Southern business report all ahead on y'all talk with an accent on the South. Wednesday edition of y'all it's the show that is all about the south including our southern sports and we start off today with some college football news it looks like the Florida Gators are going to have a little bit smaller stadium in the future as athletic director Scott Strickland said it's premature to speculate on the final cost and seating capacity of Florida field but it looks like they're going to go in and spend oh 400 million dollars plus on a swamp makeover so if you're a Gator fan, you can enjoy a much improved Ben Hill Griffin Stadium at Florida Field in the upcoming future. As the Gators announcing earlier this week that they've hired an architect for the design of its revamped Florida Field. And that has been something that fans of the Gators have been pushing for for a while. A formal selection window for construction bids going to be opened up sometime this month. One of the things that I've heard, and I've not been to a Florida Gator home football game, but one of the com- the complaints that I've heard, in addition to all the fans wearing jorts, <laughs> that was a low blow, uh, was that it was kind of a claustrophobic deal getting around. You have to like turn to the side in certain areas. There's not a, a great exit strategy, literally, <laughs> at Florida Field. Maybe that's the kind of things they're going to fix. I will tell you, it's a beautiful place, Gainesville, Florida, and this stadium right there on the heart of the campus in Gainesville is truly one of the great icons of the SEC. Love the Heisman trophies that are on the the statues of the trophy winners. 
Werfel, Spurrier, Tebow, all on display. The threesome of Gator quarterbacks. And it's a beautiful sight there when you're checking it out in Alachua County, Florida. But the Gators look like they're going to be stepping up their game from a football stadium standpoint. And I think it's right across the street from there is Exact Tech Arena. That is the home, a brand new home the Gators have of their basketball team. And that's pretty impressive. I think it's a new home. You know, now that I think about it, they had the O'Connell Center. And did they just rename that? It looks new. As again, I, I had a firsthand, a, a, a firsthand observation of it just a couple of months ago. But I did not go in and see a game when I was on the campus there. So, if you'll bear with me here, maybe they didn't get a brand new arena. They just repackaged it with the name Exact Tech Arena. I think that's what it is. Exact Tech Arena is the home of. Florida Gator basketball men and women's and the O'Connell Center opened in 1980 and let's see here I think I'm getting close here to telling you yes the entire facility known as the O'Connell Center from 1980 until 2016 the building went through a $65 million renovation a few years back and Gainesville medical firm Exactech signed a $5.9 million $10 year naming rights deal for the arena so it's now Exactech Arena at the Stephen C. Connell Exactech Arena at the Stephen C. O'Connell Center so they did kind of keep the O'Connell name in fact the nickname for that arena is the O-Dome it's big it's a big big arena there 10,500 seats to be exact at Florida but it, across the street from there you've got Florida Field and they're going to put some money into that see how well that goes for them to some college basketball news I don't think the, this guy's team's going to be playing in exact tech or the O-Center anytime soon this guy was fired as the Aggies of New Mexico State head basketball coach a while back and now he's resurfaced in Missouri. Former New Mexico State basketball coach Greg Heyer has now been hired to coach Mineral Area College, a junior college in Park Hills, Missouri. That comes four months after he was fired in wake of the New Mexico State Aggies hazing scandal as he was dismissed from that school following allegations within the team that shut down the program for the entire season. New Mexico State was 9-15 and 15 overall and 2-16 and 16 in whack play when their season was put in the trash can. New Mexico State agreed to pay $8 million to settle a lawsuit involving two basketball players who said they were sexually assaulted by teammates. This is men's basketball we're talking about here. And uh, this guy, Greg hire who was head coach staying in the coaching game you have to wonder what's going on at this college in the state of Missouri Mineral Area College for giving him a shot if those allegations are indeed true winning sometimes makes people do things they would not normally do 
they'll do anything for a win, including hiring a guy with that kind of baggage. It appears. It appears. Let's tell you about some Major League Baseball news. As the Los Angeles Angels right now are having a rough go of it, the Major League All-Star game is set for next week. And at least a couple of famous Angels not likely to be on the diamond or even on the mound because of some injuries. Right now, the Angels star outfielder Mike Trout is on a 10-day injured list with a broken left wrist. And unfortunately for Angels fans, Shohei Itani, the amazing pitcher, he had to leave the game with the Padres with a blister on the middle finger of his pitching hand. And he may likely be out a few weeks, too, of being with the L.A. Angels. Shohei Itani is the two-way all-star for the third straight year. He was picked to be both as a hitter and pitcher for the American League. And it's going to be a big blow when they get together for the all-star game in Seattle and he's not part of the lineup. But it appears that's the case as he's got this blister on his hand and unfortunately the ticket sales may not be quite what they are for Angels games going forward with a blister affecting his pitching performance going forward. But man, can he hit. Ohtani is oh so good. I think the other day he hit one that was nearly 500 feet in one of the ballparks. Moving on in our sports stories of the day, the passage of a former Arizona Cardinals head football coach, Vince Tobin, has died at the age of 79. He helped the Cardinals end a 50-year-plus playoff victory drought his death no cause of death currently given Tobin led the Arizona Cardinals to a playoff berth in 1998 and they beat the Dallas Cowboys in a wild card round 20-7 it was the Cardinals franchise first postseason victory since back in 1947 when the Chicago Cardinals defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 28-21 and they won the NFL championship. Has it been that long? I guess it has. The 1947 NFL champion Chicago Cardinals. I almost said it, Chicago. <laughs> but I didn't. I caught myself. But, uh, yeah, this guy coached the Cardinals back at that time, Vince Tobin. And has been out of coaching for about 20 years. But he played college football at Missouri in the 1960s before a long career as a defensive coordinator and then ultimately becoming a head coach in 1996 for the Arizona Cardinals of the NFL Vince Tobin passing away at the age of 79 elsewhere in the NFL some good news for New Orleans Saints tight end Foster Moreau he said his cancer is in full remission as he was diagnosed a few months back with Hodgkin lymphoma following a physical with the Saints while he was visiting the team in free agency and announcing this week that his cancer is in full remission. Fantastic news. In fact, he put out on Twitter, Foster Moreau did, the statement, after a few tumultuous months, I've been blessed with the news that I am in full remission from Hodgkin lymphoma. I'm so grateful to everyone who reached out to offer their love and support. Our prayers were answered. 
From here, I will continue to live my life as God intended. A-M-D-G. Now, I'm not up on all my hip acronyms of today's world, so he's got me. Foster, you got me on that one. But I bet you without too much effort, I'm going to be able to tell you what that one means. A-M-D-G. What does that mean? Uh, looks like it's a Catholic expression for ad morium di glorium, for the greater glory of God. Okay, I've heard of for the greater glory of God, but not 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 in that acronym. So I assume he may be Catholic, and that might be pretty common in Catholic world to use that phrase. But hey, he's on God's team, and that's what matters. And it looks like God's helping him out with his battle with cancer so congratulations to that young new orleans saints player he's truly a saint and that will wrap up our sports headlines for this hour of y'all where we discuss all things southern when we come back we've got a quick look at some southern business news what's up with twitter is elon musk sitting on the sideline now saying what was i thinking that plus air travel from this past couple of days has been a little bit of a nightmare and we'll talk about how that's affecting or is it affecting the value of the airlines all that is part of our business report and it is coming up next National Bikini Day. <laughs> I didn't realize it was National Bikini Day. So do you mind going and changing? Uh, the show will be over by the time uh, I get uh, back. Okay, so we'll, we'll let you slide. Hey, speaking of starting over, you reckon that's what a guy named Elon Musk is doing right now if he's wondering about his organization, Twitter? Because mm-hmm. Twitter has been having all kinds of issues since he took over. They've had rate limits. And now they, they claim that was to help thwart bots. And there are people 
logging off of Twitter. This is our Southern Business Report, John and Megan, on this Wednesday. Have you been a big Twitter user? No, no? not at all. Do you have a Twitter account? No, no. no. Okay, well, <laughs> I guess this doesn't affect you. But, yeah, they're trying to improve Twitter, and they're ticking some people off. And just the other day, they started having this thing where they have limits of, I guess, how much you can use it or something like that. No. And only a small percentage of users of, were supposedly affected. Twitter, Twitter's Elon Musk announcing limits on Saturday, saying users would only be permitted to read a certain number of posts per day. That's not very American. Mm. That is not very American. And according to Twitter, to ensure the authenticity of our user base, we must take extreme measures to remove spam and bots from our platform. So we'll find out if that really affects the price of Twitter. And something amazing to me, I, did, I guess I don't pay enough attention to stock markets and such, but Twitter was a publicly traded company, and supposedly now that Elon Musk bought it, it's not a publicly traded company. Oh. I didn't know you could do that. I think I got that right. Uh, I was hearing them talk about it on one of the news networks today, but Twitter in the news, for sure. Did you fly anywhere since we last saw you? No. Well... Airlines really struggled heading into the 4th of July weekend with flights being canceled. The heat was affecting some of their routes and stuff. But airline stocks have actually surged to multi-year highs despite a chaotic lead-up to the 4th of July. United had outsized delays as rolling thunderstorms hit New York, Newark, New Jersey just the other day. So flights being disrupted and more, more than 63,000 flights operated by American Airlines, not the American Airlines company, but U.S. Airlines is what I should have said. More than 63,000 flights were delayed between June 24th and July 2nd, and a bunch of those ended up being canceled. Mm -hmm. And even without that, you have seen airline stocks rise. Major U.S. carrier stock gains this year are far outpacing the broader market United and Delta are each up 46% so far this year, with American Airlines' stock up 42%. Southwest Airlines, which had, do you remember when they had that meltdown where their whole system went down for a while? Well, their first quarter loss was huge, but they're up 10% already this year, Southwest Airlines. So I guess it would. the point is here, Megan, if you've got a few extra dollars, Spending it on an airline might not be the worst of things to spend it on. The Supreme Court has blocked Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness, which could cause college enrollment to fall. That was a decision last week where the Biden administration, one of the cases they had before the Supreme Court, in addition to the the Supreme Court had to deal with the affirmative action case, Harvard and UNC's case, but the Supreme Court on Friday struck down the student loan forgiveness plan where essentially the government was just going to say, don't worry about all of those bills from college. We'll make the taxpayers fund your education. Yeah. yeah. Did you walk away from college owing any money? No, I didn't. I was Look, lucky. but Don't tell me you were on a full ride. No. I'm not smart enough for that. Okay. And I'm not athletic enough for that okay. either. <laughs> that was my next question. No. Were you a football player? What? <laughs> But it's not right making other people who've already done their time and paid their bills well, pay that for was, someone else. That was a campaign promise by Biden. 
They yeah. don't get well, you. This is why you don't make promises as a politician because you don't know if you can keep them or not. Sure. I wish somebody in politics would promise me that the price of a stamp wouldn't be going up. Uh-oh. But it's going up again to 66 cents. The Postal Service starting, I think, Sunday, the cost of a first-class forever stamp jumps to 66 cents. It's the second price hike this year already from the Postal Service. 60 cents buckaroo. 60 cents. We're two-thirds of the way to a dollar for a stamp for our country. And they wonder why people like me complain. I often go to a post office where there's only one person working there. And when I go in the front door, I'm the only person, only customer. They used to have a little bell you could ring yeah, so they could come from behind. And now they've taken the bell away. So I have to come up there and start playing with my keys or doing something like that to try to get their darn attention. The other day, I think I spent almost five minutes waiting for them to oh hey well you know how the government likes to work <laughs> uh, they don't <laughs> oh megan hate mail to you what's your address what's your phone number Uh-oh. <laughs> all right that's our quick look at some southern business news of the day here on the y'all show we've got more just a little bit more of this hour left before we move over to our final hour on this wednesday edition of talk with an accent on the south and Megan's address is BR549. We'll be right back. Wednesday y'all show on a some people's uh, third day of the work week and for some of you it might be the second day of the work week and heck if you're lucky it might be your first or maybe you're not working at all this entire week whatever the case we appreciate you taking time to listen to us here at the y'all show John and Megan Headwall here for this final hour of the show that shakes the Southland if you want to get involved with us easy to do 615-208-4184 is our text line and trust me, you can text us anytime, 24 hours a day, at that number, 615-208-4184. And we will be watching that. If you've got something to say, we will announce it at the Y'all Show. We've got a busy final hour. We've got more headlines from across the southeast, including a deadly day in West Tennessee. We'll t- explain that in our headlines here in this final hour. Plus, Megan... It is National Bikini Day. You are not wearing a bikini right now because, why, I don't know, but it is a day that you can still, you might want to put on that bikini. It's going to be hot out there. It is. And if you want to exercise, you don't want to get too hot. (laughs) Do you think bikinis are a good option for exercising? Uh, I guess it depends on the exercise. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that makes sense. You're going to tell us about how to exercise and stay yeah, stay safe. Safe, yeah. I was yeah. going to say healthy, but it's really more of a safety issue. And also to stay cool. Yeah. What are some of the tips? Megan's going to tell us about that in the next segment. And before we get out of here, 
in this Wednesday edition. We've got our hashtag Hullabaloo back with us for this final hour. If you want to drop us an email, we welcome those here at the Y'all Show. Mail at Y-A-L-L.com. Mail at Y'all.com. Let's dive into the news headlines of the day here at the All Southern Show. And we start off with that heat. That heat's been a big player. And have you heard, Megan, that it's not just the South that's suffering from heat right now? I have. It's the entire world. Well, it is summertime. <laughs> well, not not down below the equator. <laughs> that's true. I don't think they're, they're complaining about the heat right now. But it would be interesting to know if, like, Australia is suffering from six months ago if they were having record highs mm-hmm. or in Johannesburg. You've been to Johannesburg lately? Not recently, no. No. I wonder if they've also have the uh, so-called global warming go on in those areas but according to some scientists with the university of maine we haven't talked about the black bears lately university of maine scientists say that they say that monday july 3rd was the hottest day in human recording we had extremely hot temperatures in canada we had record highs in tampa florida and then Beijing, which is in China, reported nine straight days of temperatures 95 degrees or more. Hmm. You might want that bikini when you're in Beijing. (laughs) Beijing bikini. By the way, I'm only talking about bikinis because today is National Bikini Day. Okay, enough with the bikini talk. I have never worn a bikini. (laughs) So I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, So it's hot out there, and and we want you to to stay safe. And remember, Megan's going to tell us in just a few minutes how you can work out and stay safe while working out and not have heat exhaustion and heat fatigue and other problems that pop up with those issues across the southeast have you ever overdone it um maybe once or twice what'd you do about it uh went inside drank (laughs) a lot of water took a cold shower (laughs) okay you have to cool off quick i didn't know if you were supposed to call your doctor or what well, it depends on the situation, which we'll get into that. Okay. All right. Well, good to know. More about that coming up again. Did you hear about the White House? They found cocaine. Were You in, You didn't take a tour of the White House recently, did you? No, but maybe Hunter did. <laughs> I, I'm blaming this on Joe. I don't know if you heard my new conspiracy theory. What's that? That Joe Biden doesn't have dementia. He's just a cocaine head. <laughs> and that explains why he's been off. I think he'd be moving a little faster. And <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. But sure enough, on Sunday, Secret Service... We're able to determine that cocaine found in the west wing of the White House and sort of the area that the public goes through. What kind of knucklehead would go through on a tour with cocaine on them? Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden. <laughs> All right. Now you know. Megan Headwall with breaking news here. <laughs> but it's it's not shocking news. No. We're all thinking it. <laughs> I'm thinking Joe Biden might be on coke. <laughs> he needs to be on something. If you want to become a U.S. citizen, the citizenship test now, thanks to Donald Trump's administration changing the test, it's made the citizenship test longer and more difficult to pass, and it's pretty tough, according to some, with the English language skills. Hmm. In December, authorities said the test was due for an update after 15 years. The new version of the citizenship test expected later in 2023. The new test adds a speaking section to assess English skills. An officer with 
the agency that puts on these tests, they'll show photos of ordinary scenarios, like um, pictures of the weather or food or something like that, and the applicant is supposed to verbally describe what they see. So if I showed you right now, Megan, a picture of food, what would you say? Hungry. <laughs> I guess it depends Hungry on Hungry as in the country? <laughs> no. You, no you thinking about Budapest? <laughs> no, I'm thinking I'm ready to eat something. Uh, okay. All right. I guess well, it depends on the food. And if I showed you a, a picture of weather? Then we talk about... I think you need to be weather. deported. Those are not the answers they're looking for on the citizenship test. Uh-oh. So, yeah. But they would probably... They probably let you slide. Maybe. Are you a citizen? Yes. Okay. Of I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm teasing you. you. You didn't ask me. I sometimes feel like I'm not a citizen, especially when I go in the post office. <laughs> Some news out of West Tennessee: Bolivar, Tennessee, had a deadly Tuesday as they had a double homicide at one portion of the morning on Fourth of July, and then another death in that same town. This is a city of five thousand, and three people killed you know we're used to seeing the I'm, I, won't, I won't say we're used to the big stories today philadelphia had five people killed there there was another shooting i think in shreveport but bolivar which is a small town a double homicide and more the the mayor of that town julian mctrizic oh, julian mctizic mctizic okay yes. friend of yours yeah okay <laughs> Uh, he put out a statement that says that the community has been struck once again by an act of senseless violence. Early this morning, meaning the 4th of July, the lives of young men were taken away too soon while leaving countless others in mourning. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation is working this case now, but I don't like to talk about senseless murders, and it happens all the time. I know that. We all know that. But this is small-town America. Three people in one morning in two different incidents, killed in a town. Yeah. What's going on there, Mayor? I, Not him, you. <laughs> no, former Mayor, no. I don't know. Uh, uh, this was on the 4th of July. Yeah. I mean, come on. Come on. But no, there was a, just a tragic day in Bolivar, Tennessee, with three people now dead and investigation underway in Hardeman County in Tennessee. Elsewhere in Beaufort, County in South Carolina on Hilton Head Island, lovely place. Unfortunately, got a lot of alligators there. 69-year-old woman found at the edge of a lagoon on Hilton Head. She was unresponsive, and right beside her was an alligator guarding her. And he interrupted, or he or she interrupted the rescue efforts. But the 69-year-old woman died after this alligator attack. The gator ended up being removed, and the woman's body recovered. But a tragic thing there on Hilton Head for such a majestic, beautiful, low country area. They got lots of gators and lots of gator attacks. So be careful when you're on Hilton Head Island. It's not just the visitors, the tourists that you have to be watching out for. Watch out for those humongous gators that they have on the island. And lastly, in our stories across the southeast today, Megan, where were you? Were you in Key West over the last couple of days? If not, you should have been. <laughs> As Key West and the Florida Keys celebrated the 200th birthday of that section of the Sunshine State. And to celebrate, the city of Key West made a 13.14-inch long in di- diameter. That was in diameter. A 13.14-feet-long diameter key lime pie. 
that had a graham cracker crust and whipped cream included. Oh, that sounds amazing. You could eat that whole thing, couldn't you? By myself, yes. Yes, you could. <laughs> I haven't had a good key lime pie in a while. I need to change that. Yeah. You, don't tell me where, but do you have a good local place? No, homemade's always best. All right, would you mind making one thing? Okay. <laughs> You're do not you gonna want, do. do you want food poisoning? <laughs> uh, you don't make a good key. I mean, surely a key lime pie it's can't be that hard. terrible, no. no. I, I don't even know, is it? Uh, what what would be the main ingredient? Is it cheese? Lime. Lime. <laughs> no, what's what's the what is the the meringue? Yeah, whatever. that meringue. What is that? I don't even know. It's, it's like egg white. Egg white. That's what. Yeah. Okay, sorry. It's got the protein. My baking <laughs> skills lack right now. I apologize, but yeah, a humongous key lime pie there in the Florida Keys in Monroe County, Florida, the world's largest key lime pie, and they even had a key lime pie contest of who could eat the most key lime pies. Joey Chestnut was not there. Thank goodness he was there in Coney Island on the 4th of July scarfing down hot dogs. How about that combination? Hot dogs and key lime pie. Yeah, let's not. Oh, I like that. That's a good combination. I, I saw an interview with Chestnut leading up to the hot dog competition, and he was talking about how he intended to eat 80, <laughs> 80 hot dogs. And unfortunately, I think his number was only 62 this year. Only 62. Only 62. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a man from Iowa down in Key West won the 4th of July Key Lime Eating Championship. How many do you eat? Does Let's see count? here. So New York's got their hot dogs, but Florida Keys have the Key Lime Eating Championship. And this man name joshua mogul was a 38 year old altoona iowa tire manufacturing manager and he consumed in three minutes and 35 seconds i guess it's how quick you can eat one pie okay so this man from iowa ate a key lime pie which is their their definition of a key lime pie is a nine inch pie that's got the whipped cream and more so this is a quick competition and he knocked out his pie in three minutes and 35 seconds he beat out 24 other people in the key lime festival hmm. i think i could beat that i think i could own you like the way those guys have their water they're like it's not really eating in a traditional form the way they have these food contests yeah they like dip it in and yeah, <laughs> slide it down. Yeah. And I felt put on uh, y'all. We need we need to kick this back off again. Y'all across the southeast some 10 15 years ago, we put on a whole bunch of sweet tea competitions. How much you could drink? We had that as part of them. We did. <laughs> how much people could drink sweet tea and it was actually safer to drink tea than water in <laughs> these competitions because people have died by having too much too water. Much water. Yeah. But tea is safer because there's something that kicks in and makes you want to go pee pee, mm-hmm. which you don't do maybe if you're drinking a bunch of water. But we had we had doctors look into it for sure when we we got it going. We decided instead of having the timed how much you could drink as part of our sweet tea competition, we made it more of a tasting competition. Mm-hmm. We had the best sweet tea in these various towns. We went to Starkville, we went to Florence, Alabama, we went up to. Dalton, Georgia was one place. Gainesville, Georgia. And just a bunch of places in the south. 
and had a great time. Hammond, Louisiana. And by had, the end of it, everyone had diabetes. No, because we also <laughs> had the Yankee tea, the best Yankee uh, tea, which is unsweet tea. Yeah. We had the, we, and the funny thing about tea is people really take pride in their tea. Yes. Because we had both an individual competition and a business competition, mm-hmm. especially the businesses. Every town wants to have that place that has great tea. And so that was awesome to award. the. And we had local people be the judges. So I didn't have to judge. But we found the the key, the Megans, if you will, of of each of these respective towns that come help judge, and it was it was a neat thing. We need to do it again. Can, can you help us? Sure. All right. <laughs> the sweet tea competition. We need to get that going again with the uh, y'all team here. I tell you what, we all need to get going from a fitness standpoint, right? Yes. Never never a dull moment if you can get out and exercise. <laughs> but we want to make sure that in this heat of summer, you can exercise safely. When Megan and I return, she's got some good pointers to help us get through our exercise regimen and stay safe while doing it. That's right ahead on Y'all Talk with an Accent on Sweet Tea and More. from the mid-1980s, Earl Thomas Conley and the unmistakable sound of Anita Pointer. Those two teamed up on the RCA label for too many times. And I'm John Rawl teaming up with Megan Headwall, and I don't know if we can have as good of a sound singing as Earl Thomas and Anita had back in the day, but uh, we want to have the harmonial sound, if that's a word, of exercising harmoniously. (laughs) Good enough? Good enough. <laughs> we want to exercise and stay safe out yes. there. It's hot, and we know that, so we want to exercise cautiously. Megan, how can we do that? Well, with it being summertime, we all want to get out and walk and run and swim, ride bikes and be outdoors, and we have to be careful of the sun and the heat. Oh, see, I didn't even think about the sun. Yes. When I when you talked to you about this segment. Okay. Because <laughs> to me, it's just about the heat, but the sun is important. Well, yeah. Yeah. Especially if you look like you and I. <laughs> yeah. Very, very pale. <laughs> pale, yeah. <laughs> 
So, you know, sunshine is a is a good thing. Um, you should get at least 15 minutes a day of sunshine, um, making sure that we wear sunscreen, of course. Why is it a good thing? Well, because the benefits, it's going to boost serotonin, which is one of those feel-good hormones, make you feel good. Um, it can help aid in some digestion, um, vitamin D, obviously, for stronger bones, and it can increase your energy because the sunshine kind of triggers in our brain to be alert and more awake. So, so you're saying when I wake up, I need to go outside naked for about 15 minutes. I did not say that, so if you get arrested... <laughs> I did not tell you to. If I could do it, it would be a good thing. I mean, you don't have to be I mean, naked. No, where no. nobody in the world would ever see me. You know what, John? What you do in your free time. But, I mean, from a health standpoint, it's all I'm saying. Sure. You're giving me a, a doctor's order. No, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. For only 15 minutes, though, do I need sunscreen? Yeah, you should put on sunscreen, especially because walking to your car and outside, you know, those okay. UV rays are bad. So, wear sunscreen. As she's telling me this, it's National Bikini Day, by the way. If you're wearing a bikini today, put on some sunscreen. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right, so we want to be careful, but sun, a little sunlight's a good thing. Sunlight is a good thing. We just want to do it in moderation or with protection. Um, the other thing with all this heat and being out in the sunshine is we want to make sure that we stay hydrated and get our electrolytes in, which is potassium and sodium. Um, especially, you know, if you're out there exercising and sweating, you're getting rid of those things, the water, the salt. So according to the Dietary Guidelines for Americans, the average adult should consume no more than 2,300 milligrams of sodium per day, which is about a, t- a teaspoon of ordinary table salt. Um keep in mind most americans are consuming way over that with our fried foods and fast foods and all what's worse having too much sugar or too much salt Oof. i guess it depends if you're a diabetic no well, probably not, i don't no, either but i would say sugar really again i'm not a dietitian no you're not, you're not but just from an exercise standpoint which one of those is harder to get rid of i would say probably sugar because with the salt you can sweat it out okay and you'll get rid of it other ways too um speaking of the electrolytes so a way to get them in is if you're sweating you know we've talked about gatorade before and i've talked about how bad gatorade is because most of the time we just drink them casually just for the heck of it if you're out there sweating and stuff though it's really good to be drinking gatorades because a 20 ounce bottle of gatorade has approximately 270 milligrams of salt so that's about 11 percent of your daily recommended so gatorade is real good if you're sweating if, if you're, you're out there just if, sitting on the couch eating and you're just tossing two three four of them back just because you like the taste yeah it's not the greatest for you you know some people say that gatorade like i said is worse than soda okay so um that would be coca-cola for most of y'all yes or pop yeah. if you're from if you're a yankee yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you are sweating it's good to drink gatorade okay. and replenish those electrolytes and then the last piece of advice i have um is if you spend time outdoors this summer is to be aware of the signs of heat stroke so if we're overdoing it so those signs are throbbing headache confusion if someone is no longer sweating um, dizziness body temperature over 103 hot red dry and skin 
rapid or strong pulse and even fainting. And if you notice that someone's been out working out or working in the yard and they're having these symptoms, uh, get them into a cooler area immediately. And if you can, take them to a hospital or call 911 because you can die. Yeah, one of the reasons I'm not currently going to the gym is not long ago when I was at the gym, somebody collapsed. And I had to sit there and watch for the ambulance to come. It took 30 minutes for the ambulance to show up. I think the guy was fine. Yeah. It was a scary scene. Yeah. Well, so many factors could play into that, though. Maybe he hadn't eaten that day, or maybe he was dehydrated, or maybe he did overheat, you know. It just maybe we shouldn't work out. Okay. Hold on a minute. (laughs) Don't let that deter you from working out. Well, it hasn't helped me. (laughs) You're like, I could be next. (laughs) Well, I didn't see the guy die. Good, good, good. Thank goodness. But he he did have to get on the gurney, and they like they ended up having like eight people come check on him. But it took like thirty minutes. I was I didn't know what was going on. Um, so hopefully the response time will be better in other places. I will ask you. Uh, one thing I didn't hear you talk about was what to wear, other than naked being naked when you first wake up, like I was suggesting. But it is extremely hot out there. Should we dress how? Well, I I mean, however you want, I guess. I mean, obviously, if you're wearing leggings or pants and long sleeve shirt, you know, you've got your sun protection in that, but you're going to be sweating more. So making sure to take more water breaks and stuff. Shorts, T-shirt, tank top, you know, sports bra. Yeah. Shirtless. I mean, the the gym, when I am going to the gym, it's Mm -hmm. an air-conditioned, nice place. And there's a guy that I've seen in there a lot. Even when it's 100 degrees outside, he comes in there wearing like a jacket, like it's like wintertime. What's that all about? Well, some people try to sweat to lose water weight, and that way their body weight decreases. Does that help? Uh, It can be dangerous. Should I go in there with a stocking cap on next time? (laughs) Yeah, let's not do that. (laughs) You might kick I'm going to do it. Okay. Megan said I could. Uh, So uh, there is a little bit to that. Effect. Yeah, there's a reason that they're doing it to sweat out. And it's good. Sweat is good for us. You know, it opens up our pores and gets rid of toxins and other nasty stuff. Um, but we need to make sure that if we are taking that approach to be hydrating because you have to replace those fluids. And yeah, part of the, you know, not to get too graphic with you here on National Bikini Day, but a couple of years ago when I was really hitting the pavement big time, mm-hmm. running, running, I had to start wearing um, stuff on my boobies <laughs> because the sweat would make them become chafing. Yeah, well, ir- irritated. Yeah. And so I'd have to put powder on there. Yeah, some people have to do that. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not, I, I, I've never had a problem where I had to um, put, do something like that because of too much sweat. Yeah. Does, you've never had to do that, I guess. No, I okay. have not. <laughs> well, see, women, I guess, wear bras oftentimes. Yeah. And as a guy, I don't wear a bra. And so... When you're out running, the shirt is yeah rubbing and rubbing up on me, and after a couple of miles, and it gets sweaty, it gets irritated. It hurts. Do you ever watch The Office? No, they, I don't. They've got a character on there, Andy, and he's running a marathon, and he has to put like cotton with a bandaid over. So his it wasn't just me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not just you. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I just I never had to had to do, I've never had to do that. And I when I was running big time a couple of years ago, uh, I had to you know check in my check my manhood yeah <laughs> and start doing that just but, don't put on a sports bra <laughs> no that's probably not going to happen but <laughs> but that those probably are designed to keep you from having the same problem i had well and i can't believe i said the b word here on the y'all <laughs> uh 
But I mean, what other word could I've used? The N word, nip, nip, <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah. But y'all get my point. And it's tough out there. Exercising comes with a cost. But it also comes with great reward. Okay, I knew I knew yep. you were going to say that. Yeah. But but no, I mean, I I did have a little bit of a pain, but boy, it felt good. Yeah. And that that accomplishment you get when you have a big sweaty workout, you're like, yes, not gonna do anything. Yes, you feel accomplished. You feel good about yourself and. It's so important. And I need to get that accomplishment back. So I'm going to shut up and just go start running like Forrest Gump. (laughs) Megan, thank you for the input and good job on that. Thank you. All right. We're going to come right back. We've got hashtag hullabaloo to help us get ready to head for the house on this Wednesday edition of the show that's all about the South. We are y'all. our feedback we're getting here at the y'all show we go to our text lines where listener says can't go wrong with joe amen to that one of the nice guys joe diffie texter says that's one of his best tunes yeah it is of course ships that don't come in was one of his early songs and i still like his the song that got him on the chart was home and i was so mad when that song came out because i knew alan jackson had a song called home that was an album track on his record, early record, and I was like, God, who is this Joe Diffie guy coming out with a song called Home? But I loved Home, and then guess what? Lucky me, about two years later, Alan Jackson put that Home song out as a single, and it was a huge hit. And both of them are awesome. We love talking about our country music here on the Y'all Show. Hope you don't, hope you don't mind. I don't think you do. And by the way, Texter, who's texting me about Joe, also, I failed to talk about this earlier in the week when we were talking about peaches so if you don't mind texture forgive me for not seeing this and, and reading this earlier but we were talking about all kinds of peach recipes heading into the fourth of july holiday and the texture wanted to point out with regard to the peach recipe story the peaches took a hit this year and late frost got a whole bunch of them 
almost 80%. May not be a lot of peaches and prices may be steep. You know what? I haven't stopped by my local peach store, but I bet you there's a lot of truth to that right there. So uh, maybe maybe they'll be a little bit on discount now that the 4th of July has passed us. Maybe, just maybe, we can all be optimistic. If so, you can tell them the Y'all Show helped drive down the price of peaches. But Joe Diffie was for sure a peach of a country music star. This is hashtag hullabaloo right now on the Y'all Show where we go on social media and talk about all kinds of fun stuff that pop up in regards to the South. And I just got word of this place opening up in an area that I was just in a couple of days ago, and I failed to go by there. Shame on me. I failed to go by a brand new location of what, when I see this, it looks like it's just a one location type enterprise, but no, this is a a, a major chain restaurant now. Flying Biscuit Cafe. Have y'all heard of such a place? Flying Biscuit Cafe. And we were alerted here at the Y'all Show because they opened up a brand new location in downtown Columbia, South Carolina, the birthplace of one Juan. And they've got this in Five Points. And so their Twitter account is FB Five Points, Flying Biscuit Five Points, FB Five Points. We are a locally owned and nationally recognized eclectic restaurant known for a natural hip cuisine with a welcoming and charming atmosphere. And they put a tweet out this week that says, A dish infamous as part of a southern breakfast, our gravy biscuit is a delicious comfort food for everyone. And they got a great-looking picture of this gravy biscuit that you can get at the Flying Biscuit Cafe. And having our team look up more about this one location shows off that they've got a bunch of locations across the southeast. They've got Flying Biscuit locations, two of them in Athens, Georgia, several around the Atlanta area. They've got one opening soon in Columbus, Georgia. They've got them in Sandy Springs in the Atlanta area over in Alabama. How about one in Birmingham at the Shops of Colonnade and one in Opelika at the Tiger Town Shopping Center? You'll find a Flying Biscuit. They've got one at the Home of the Gators in Gainesville as well as in the Villages. They've got a bunch in North Carolina, several around Chapel Hill, as well as Charlotte. they got one on Ray Road and one on Park Road and one in the Villages District of Raleigh. So I told you about this new one they've got in Five Points that has just opened in Columbia, South Carolina. Also in the Palmetto State, they got one in Greenville, and then they've got one over in Mount Pleasant on Coleman Boulevard, and uh, as they say locally, Coleman Boulevard. And in West Ashley in the Charleston area, they've got one opening up soon at Ashley Crossing Drive. And then they've got about four locations in Texas. Houston and Richmond are among those locations in the Lone Star State. The website is flyingbiscuit.com. Check it out and learn more about this chain that's got breakfast food and more. Let me pull up their menu real quick. Let's see here. Let me pull up the one for Columbia as I was just bragging about their new Five Points location. Okay, so let's see here. Help me out now. I, I, I follow the order here. Five Points, by the way, this location's open from 7 to 2 p.m. 
on the weekdays. They have an all-day breakfast. Here's their main menu at Flying Biscuit. If you happen to live in an area that one of these is located, they've got favorites including the Florida Sunshine Waffle Breakfast. They've got the Three Amigos Breakfast Tacos, Steak and Eggs, a Waffle Breakfast that's two eggs served with two chicken sage sausage patties. Yum, yum, yum. All at Flying Biscuit. And then they even have vegetarian and vegan options. Then they even have mini shrimp and grits and fried green tomatoes on the menu. Plus, they've got burgers, sandwiches like a fried green tomato BLT and a chicken club, and a bacon lover's BLT. I got to check this out. Like I said, they've got them from Texas all the way to the Carolinas here as the Flying Biscuit Cafe with locations popping up all over the south now and you can check it out too with especially their new location in the Five Points area of Columbia that's just down the street from the University of South Carolina and there's a couple of good late night bars right in the area of this location how do I know that? Let me just tell you, I know my bars, and I know my breakfast food, too. You know, come to think of it, I don't know of any Waffle Houses or Huddle Houses in Five Points. So this ought to be a very good treat to all the USC students looking for their breakfast fix in Columbia, SC. All right, let's move on. More fun here on the Y'all Show. Speaking of biscuits and gravy, let's go to Roger. Roger underscore double oh seven a crt strength trainer and a music lover and a foodie is roger and roger has put up a picture of biscuits and gravy on his tweet so man gravy biscuits are the thing it looks like now why is roger putting this up here he puts up a tweet that says today isn't just another day in your life it's the next day in your life hashtag always believe and he includes the hashtags Titans and Vols in his tweet as he continues when life gives you flour, butter and milk make biscuits and gravy with sausage this is a slightly healthier version I used a low saturated fat stick margarine and skim milk and the sausage is turkey sausage so maybe he and Megan have been talking to each other coming up with a good breakfast sausage combination and a biscuit combination but again according to Roger when you you get this flour butter and milk you can make biscuits and gravy with sausage but not not the pork kind you can do it with turkey sausage and then use low saturated fat sticks of margarine and skim milk when you're making it for the butter portion he didn't talk about how to have a healthier flour the breading portion of it out there maybe is it is it possible to have a a biscuit and not have the bread i I don't think that is possible maybe there's something i'm missing out there but yeah we love our biscuits and i was fortunate enough over the fourth of july break to have several different great southern breakfasts that include in that mix biscuits biscuits and so Yummy. Thank you, Roger. And thanks again 
to the Flying Biscuit Cafe on the web. You can find them at flyingbiscuit.com and learn more about this growing breakfast restaurant chain. As they have been listed in Entrepreneur as one of the top 200 food-based franchises, and they are seeking investors to grow their locations. If you want to franchise a flying biscuit, you can go on their website and figure out how to do just that. You know, that would be a pretty cool thing to invest in, a breakfast biscuit chain. That's a lot better than a hamburger joint, don't you think? (laughs) Although, can you go wrong truly with some of our great southern food if you're wanting to franchise it, if you get the money to pull that off? We do love the food in this part of the world, don't we? That wraps up our hashtag hullabaloo for this Wednesday edition of y'all. Biscuits and all. That was the main theme here today. I like that. We're going to wrap this y'all show up right after this break. We'll give you an idea of what's on the Thursday and Friday editions of Talk with an Accent on All Things Southern. new song out on the radio from Carly Pierce right now. That song is called We Don't Fight Anymore and it features her fellow Kentuckian, Chris Stapleton. Love that song. I don't even try to look to see who's calling I had a bad day but you don't know We are the Y'all Show Talk with Accent on All Things Southern and if you haven't given Carly Pierce a spin lately boy she's uber talented and even shows off her love of Kentucky with a nice Kentucky state outline on her arm on the underside of her arm whatever you call that (laughs) I failed biology and anatomy too (laughs) we're wrapping up this y'all show here for this Wednesday edition thanks again to Megan for stopping by and talking about how we can all stay healthy and and just get our exercise in the right way in this 100 degree plus temperature that we're quote enjoying this time of year so we had that on the y'all show and you can go and if you missed that find the podcast edition of today's y'all show and any of the more than 600 episodes that we've been able to crank out here 
in the five years that we've been on the air doing this program. And all you got to do is go to our website, y'all.com. It's the South's homepage. Check us out there. Or if you'd rather find us on one of your favorite streaming podcast apps, then you can find us there. Go to Spotify, for example. We're there. Search for Y'all Show. Go to the iHeartRadio app. Search for Y'all Show. We're there. We're also on the TuneIn app. Search for Y'all Show. You get the recurring theme here. Also, you can find us in Apple Podcasts. Search for Y'all Show. And in iTunes, search for Y'all Show. And you'll get this thing all set up to come to you each and every day that we put out a new episode of the Y'all Show. It's talk with a southern accent, and we're happy to provide this to you each and every time we have a chance to get together here on the show about the Southeast. We are the Y'all Show. So thank you all for being a part of this particular episode. Make sure you tune in on Thursday. We'll have more headlines from across the Southeast. We'll also have hashtag hullabaloo. And we will have as part of our Thursday coverage, maybe I'll have some Carly Pierce news. We'll have our country music report coming in from Nashville, Tennessee. That plus the latest in Southern sports and festivals hitting the Southland this weekend. All in our Southern travel report. And all that will be packaged in Thursday's Y'all Show with the host, the general of all things Southern, John Rawl. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Happy 5th of July. And we will see you back here soon on the show that shakes the Southland. Difference would it make? We don't cuss and we don't.